I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Come on, the boys! It is Wednesday, and of course, that means England are playing tonight against Denmark in the semi-finals. But also means an early edition of Wrestling Daily. That's right. I'm here, Alex McCarthy, with SP3. How are you, brother? I am doing well. I, I became a great uncle today. My nephew had his first child. So I, I'm feeling very old for 33 years old. And um, since the NBA Finals has started, I had to wear my Lakers championship shirt because we're only champion mm. until a new champion is crowned. So I have to take advantage of wearing this shirt for the time being. But it's a good day. I'm rooting for England to, to take it home. It's coming home. All that good stuff you want to hear because, you know, we, we need some love. And you're also a Laker fan. So you need some, exactly. some, some winning in your life. I mean, I'm Lakers and I'm Newcastle which means there are precious little victories this year. Give me England. Um, But nonetheless, thank you for everyone for joining us here for this early edition of uh, Wrestling Daily. While you're here, let me do some housekeeping. Let me do some plugging, man. Subscribe. Give us the thumbs up. Give us all of that good stuff that helps us grow. Get to that 15K mark where we can have war games. And while we're here... Join us, become a member. Lizzie Stallion's a member. Look at that next to her name being nice as well. Um, <laughs> you want to have that. You want to have the emotes you can see in the bottom right-hand corner. There's a lovely loyalty tier system we have big plans for. Come and join us. It should be right next to this video, a little link to join and become a member. Or there is a direction to do so in, in the description of the video. I'm yes. reliably informed. Uh, with that... Let's talk about Tuesdays. We've got titular news to touch on in a minute. We've also got NXT, Great American Bash. There's some happenings going on in there that we need to discuss. And, of course, we're going to finish our debate in terms of gimmicks that didn't or did translate well from NXT to the main roster, which is an ongoing debate forever, basically. Um, But before that, SP3, what's your week been like? You've been busy. What's True Hill Heat got on the horizon? Let the people know. 
Well, you, I did a great review of AEW Dynamite with my good brother. <laughs> uh, if you Jimmy. if you do say so yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I say so myself. Uh, with uh, Jimmy Macaram, we had to we had to shout out uh, Stephanie Chase for that great analogy of uh, Hangman Page and the Dark Order being uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, <laughs> you also got uh, a review for Monday Night Raw with the Rated Raw Superstar fellas, as well as uh, NX3 coming up uh, probably tomorrow that's going to drop and then the true hill heat weekly podcast with me christy love top guy jj every single saturday that drops so a bunch of great content coming from uh true hill heat and i'm here on a wednesday it's a beautiful day to be one of the daily boys it's been a great week we welcomed a new member to the wrestling daily family yesterday good times over there with sat and now we are here on a wednesday to talk about nxt to talk about the news and a debate that, hey, the odds are in my favor. The odds say I usually <laughs> They do. They do. <laughs> um, I mean, the form guide, I've got half a chance. That's about it. I go. will say, um, yeah, Sat Niangi, I thought he did a, a fantastic job on his debut yesterday. That looks to be our new collective. Of course, you've got myself, the bedrock, the foundation of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily, along with Stephanie Chase, SP3, and Sat Inyangi. It's a great lineup. A very diverse in terms of skills and background. Very good lineup. I like it. Um, let me say something in terms of the news that we're about to touch on in the titular nature, SP3. Because uh, Fightful Select have been just absolutely crushing it for my money lately, which is a good pun. Um, but in, in terms of this one as well, uh, I feel like I'm very hopeful they're spot on once again because Roddy Strong is a guy I've loved for a long time. Tell us what is being told. So Fightful Select, which we got to also mention, happy fifth birthday to, to Fightful. They just turned five years mm. old yesterday. So usually they are on the money. They're usually in the green on the BS, uh, the BS monitor. Uh, they have reported that uh, Roger Strong agreed to an extension to his deal for NXT during his time off before the uh, Diamond Mine Stable debuted a couple of weeks ago. Of course, this was also before his wife, Marina Shafir, uh, was released by the company. The Fightful also notes that there have been several uh, NXT stars who have come off of TV and then reappeared, who signed new deals in the interim. And the report also notes that uh, Roger Strong is said to figure in big to NXT's 2021 plans, particularly in their efforts to boost the Cruiserweight division, which Fightful also reported. So all of this makes a whole lot of sense. We saw last night on NXT, uh, Great American Bash, Kushida had a little vignette hyping up his rivalry with the Diamond Mine. They seem to have like big plans for them to be kind of at the forefront of the Cruiserweight division. So it's kind of the breadcrumbs are there for Roger Strong to possibly be the man that finally dethrones Kushida. And Kushida versus Roger Strong, me, myself, I saw it live in 2015 in Philadelphia with Ring of Honor. And I know if they get time on an NXT episode or even at a takeover, it's going to be an absolute banger. Yeah, I mean, Roddy Strong, the only thing that disappoints me about that report, and I don't want to, like, throw shade at the Cruiserweight title, it's just, you know, I don't want it to be limited to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to see I want to see Roddy Strong in main events breaking backs, man. That's what I want to see. Um, I've always loved his work, even, yeah, before NXT. I, I would love this to be, like, a breakout thing for him. And if it starts with 
the Kushida, I mean, again, that's a matchup you haven't got to sell to me at all, you know. Um, but in terms of where he goes from there, whether he elevates the cruiserweight title and that's the goal, or he then takes his talents and moves upwards and has some, you know, main event level feuds, I'm here for it. I really am. I miss Roddy while he was away, man, because um, he's just one of those guys that always guaranteed to have something, you know, even if it's a what you would call a throwaway TV match, it's going to be good. And those guys aren't as common as you think. So uh, very, very, very pleased that there are big plans for Roddy. Because I've got to tell you, I was very perplexed when he was off TV. I understood because Undisputed Era broke up and it's kind of like, okay, everyone's finding their direction. He and Marina Shafir came into Regal's office and said, yep, let me out. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what? He'd be a great piece on the main roster. I didn't yeah. have faith that they would use him well, though, right? He'd be the guy who, who comes in there on Raw or SmackDown. And he's having good TV matches every week, right? He's doing good stuff. But is he really getting a push? You know, maybe pretty this year, like Cesaro mold. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they just have, he's just a great worker who's on the roster. That's kind of like how I envisage Vince using him. But obviously, I hope that's wrong. I hope I'm very wrong. Um, I don't know whether he is ever going to make it to the main roster now. What is he, 38, 39? It's got to be. Yeah, it's he has to be. to be in his late 30s. And he's the one that you would kind of figure that Vince or Bruce Pritchard would label the curse label of a steady hand. Like mm. he's the guy that they can just put out there and he'll have a great match with a Seth Rollins, with a Shinsuke Nakamura, with uh, Kevin Owens, a Big E, and Apollo Crews. Whoever they put them put him in the ring with, he's going to deliver the goods. But is he a guy that they see as a guy that can main event a pay-per-view? Probably not so much. So, yeah, I do agree that on the NXT roster, he has more ability to make a trajectory up to the to the main event scene. And I think that, you know, him becoming the Cruiserweight champion is a good forefront for that because I see good good uh, things coming for Kushida after this Cruiserweight title. Yeah. He's already done a lot to elevate the title, the division, and people around him. He debuted Carmelo Hayes against him. They debuted uh, Trey Baxter against him. And he had that great match in the main event against Kyle O'Reilly a couple of weeks ago. So Kushida has already saw his stock rise where, you know, it could he could have gone the other way after losing to Johnny Gargano back at uh, TakeOver Vengeance Day with the North American Championship. But I can say, like, from the two guys in that matchup, I feel like, Kushida has elevated himself more since that match. And that was the, the match of the night at that takeover. But Johnny Gargano, the, you know, they transitioned the North American title over to Bronson Reed. Now he's going to get a shot at Karrion Cross, which I don't see many people thinking that he's going to win that one. So mm. I, I think that Kushida has seen his stock rise while Johnny Gargano has kind of stayed in the same spot. So I think Kushida could potentially you know, do become the, the North American champion. And if he does well with that title, maybe there's a chance for him to get to the main event scene. So it seems that the cruiserweight title is kind of that outlet to maybe we can tease you with the North American championship. Maybe we'll give it to you. Maybe we won't. 
We saw the sim- something similar with the guy that got a shot at the Cruiserweight Championship, Isaiah Swerve Scott, back at, I think that was also at uh, Vengeance Day. He got the mm. shot there. He did well. They had one of the best matches of the night. And now we see where he's at. He's the North American champion, getting hip-hop performances on uh, take on a, on a basically... A <laughs> I don't know if you can say Kushida did that, but I'm, I'm <laughs> no, with No, you. no, no. There's different <laughs> levels to this. There's different levels to this. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Kushida does. He just forms hip-hop groups that are great matches um no you're right though like everything that he's touched certainly has been fruitful and in terms of i mean we'll get on to hit row um but i, I kind of agree with what uptown Ovendale said here well look strong doesn't feel like a cruiserweight guy he doesn't to me either i mean I, i'm it's plausible i guess yeah. like i'm not saying it's you know it's not like broad Strowman's going through or anything but at the same time i don't know like yeah i guess his shoot weight probably is not far off 205, yeah. I'm going to assume. Um, I just don't know. He's, 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 I know. I know what Uptown is saying. He's burlier than most I, cruiserweights. I, I get it as well, but this is not the Roderick Strong from like Ring of Honor. I think, I think this is a different type of Roger Strong. He slimmed down incredibly. And yeah. I think he is at that that weight level. And I think that he, you're also thinking of it as the Cruiserweight title that was introduced in 2016, where they have kind of done a transformation. The North American Championship is more like that mid-card gateway title, while the Workhorse title has now become the Cruiserweight Championship. I feel mm. like that's the title that they put on the show that they know they're going to get a good to great 10 to 15 minute matchup. And they are out They are trying their best to kind of put it on the level of the North American title in most fans' eyes. I've had a thought. And I think what you just said is absolutely crucial. You don't um, equate Roderick to being a cruiserweight or, you know, your vision of what a cruiserweight is, is influenced by what WWE has trained you to believe Yes. A cruiserweight is. Lest we forget, John Jones is a 205 pounder by trade. He's not now, he's training for heavyweight. But the guy is six foot four, a beast, and he dominated UFC for like over a decade at 205 pounds. Cruiserweight, which, you know, is like heavy in UFC terms, that's not a small man. <laughs> like it isn't. But WWE have used it. To kind of say, okay, well, the superstars who aren't big enough to be in the world title scene, Sans, Rey Mysterio, we're gonna, we're gonna put, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna park them here in the yeah. cruiserweight division. So, when someone says two hundred and five pounds, your WWE lens immediately thinks small man. It is not a small man. It is not. If John Jones is in a WWE ring, you'd still think, wow, that's a big man. So, yeah. uh, I, I, in that in that realm, I can believe it. I think the point you made was correct. WWE have trained us to think like, well, it has to be a small acrobatic kind of guy. Um, And Kushida kind of is, you know, even though he works a much more maybe, you know, educated kind of workhorse style, but he's, he's not huge, is he? Right. Um, So I I get the comparison, by the way, Roddy is um, 37 turns 38 at the end of this month. So, you know, Priest went up to the main roster around the same age. Um, yeah. AJ didn't make it into WWE till around the same age. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's AJ. He might be. But um, uh, it's it's one of those things where like age isn't as crucial as it once was. I think I, I might be wrong, but like 
Finn Balor's about to go back to the main roster. I think he's 39. I don't know. Is he 40 this year? I could be wrong. He could Maybe. be. Um... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it. Oh, God. Jesus Christ, his birthday is very close to Ronnie Strong's. Uh, he is 40 at the end of this month. Yeah. Wow. In a few weeks, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah 20, <laughs> 20, 25th of July, 26th is Roddy. Wow. What a day. Um, so, yeah, I, I think age isn't like as vital, but it's just I also don't know how easy it is to be around 40 and get up on the main roster and get the spot you deserve. Right, like, yeah. Um, I think Vince has a very diluted idea. Like, you're either in that age bracket and already a star, right, or you're just somebody else, like a good hand. So, I think uh, kudos to AJ, by the way, for kind of breaking that um, with his arrival there, because obviously, I think even he said in interviews he did not think that Vince was gonna, you know, get on board with him, but obviously. The work shows the cream rises to the top, as they would say. Um, yeah. I do want to pull this one up quick. Uh, Honest Beyond Reasonable says, Hi, Alex. Do you agree JR should be let go after his latest mess up in AW? No. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not It's not a great hiccup to have. But let go? Wow. He, he asked me the same question on a show earlier today and on our, our AEW review of Raw True Hill. He, oh, like, so he, he wanted me to side against you. That's yeah, what he yeah. He, he's very adamant about this, that this would be the breaking point for JR to get fired from AEW. I mean, listen, he called it WWE Dynamite. You want a man to lose a living <laughs> over that? Like, I get it, man. I get that. Yeah, it's a blunder, and of course, he's already said Kenny was a WWE champion. But the man worked there for decades. Come on, like let's let's have a little bit of sympathy for a man on live TV. The man's a legend. Jr. In my opinion, is the goat. I know people will say you know Lance Russell maybe and like Bobby Heenan and in different incarnations, Gorilla Monsoon. Um, to me, it's Jr. And I'm not going to like beat around the bush. I grew up in that era. He's more prevalent. He's more my voice. He's my theatre of wrestling. Um, but I still think nobody calls a bigger moment than JR. I don't think he's at the top of his game now. I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that he is. I'd be a fool. At the same time, I still do think he can add value. And I li actually like Excalibur opposite him and Tony. So, um, no, is my answer. But please don't hate us. I, um, I, I said it earlier as well. They make a good team to me. They're like a fan. They're like a whole family. We all got that one uncle that's bitter, that doesn't like what you and your friends do, and we also got that one uncle that is cool and he's hip and he's trying to get down with you and your friends. The bitter uncle is Jr. The fun uncle is Tony Schiavone, and then you got Excalibur is one of your friends who knows what's going on. So it makes a good team, in my opinion. I, I think Excalibur is really good. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think he's grown tremendously since like the first few shows. I, um, I love him in that role. Um, you know, it's just like, I don't know if I was to write an article tomorrow and I did that same mistake, right? I wrote WWE instead of AW and it was a typo and everyone screenshot and was like, ah, Alex shouldn't have a job anymore. I'd be like, wow, like you want to take away my living for that? Or like, you know, to make it a more direct comparison, I have a live radio show every Monday on TalkSport. If I make a mistake like that are people gonna like go for my head i would feel incredibly hard done by <laughs> like, do you know what i mean yeah. i would be like wow i lost my job over this like he's he's a goat he's you know in his winter years i don't think he'd mind me even saying that 
Um, I, I think he deserves and has earned a little bit of leeway. It's just a, it's just a simple error. Everyone does it. Come on. Exactly. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I hope that you find another stream that will acquiesce to your demands. He'll, he'll probably he'll probably do it again. But uh, speaking of what you said earlier, I think that Kushida would be great in a K-pop group. I think we we could we could set up a whole battle with with Hit Row versus Kushida and a K-pop group. I think that would be ratings for NXT, in my opinion. Listen, I am very low key into k-pop <laughs> like uh have you ever seen uh the trolls films right yeah. um, my, my daughter watches the videos on youtube daily yes so both of my girls love the trolls films and within the second one is red velvet and um that was like a uh, a rabbit hole on youtube so we did like um the song that they have in the movie which i'm struggling to remember now um russian roulette and then again, we were just—I was like, "Man, these are these are pretty good." And all you have to do, so somebody said they like K-pop. I want to say it was Simone Johnson, the rock star. I want to say it was her on Twitter. And I replied, "I like Red Velvet." Oh my god, their fans are passionate. They're all over me. Like, yeah. I was like, oh Jesus. Yes. What have I, yes. What have I stumbled into? Powered for TV. Alex, I need to be sacked as I messed up the Daily Boys and call it the Daily Bros. We're both. We're both. Exactly. We can be whatever you want us to be. It's exactly. fine. Um, I wouldn't call for your head over that. Um, but I did very much enjoy my appearance on Powered 4 TV last week. Very good. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Is a green song? Oh, well, I hope you mean great, Dion. It is a great song. I mean, the chorus, you know, it's got those, it's great. Uh, let's get into NXT. The Great American Bash went down last night. And if you have any opinions on that or anything else, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. That's right. Uh, and, and that means you can get an ultra chat into the show. We'll discuss whatever you guys like. Anything. Get it into us. Let's get it going with the ultra chats um as far as nxt goes before i have to get into that because an, an alumni of that is buddy murphy did you see he's a big wrestle talk fan sp3 i popped for that like i, I, was did. Like, I, I did. that's how i keep up with wwe as well the five minutes you know Ali, luke uh pete whenever they do their five minute reviews it's a great way to get up to date on wwe without watching three hours or two hours of the show sometimes. Yeah, it's hard, right? And, and I always thought that was an appeal because, like, I must admit, I look, I'm very, very grateful for the community we have here. But yeah. an hour, you know, every night is is asking a lot sometimes. So I think the five-minute thing has always been wonderful. But you would have no idea that maybe a Buddy Murphy, <laughs> you know, he's at home and he's like, oh, I wonder what, what will happen on Raw. And he's just checking it out on WrestleTalk. It's very funny to me. Um Moving along to the Great American Bash, I promise we actually are now. Um, man, the Florida fans don't like MSK, do they? They are not having them for some. What is with this? I mean, I mean, man, like for don't get me wrong. I've said this from the jump. I'm a big, like, I'm really into the Thatcher Champa thing, right? Yeah, I dig it. And I thought last night was another great performance from them. And MSK snuck a victory. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. You know, Tim Thatcher, you know, was he was surprised by the roll-up. I uh, I wonder what, what what Triple H is thinking, right? And I don't mean this in a bad way, like, oh, what are you doing, having MSK in such a prominent spot? But I wonder if he's hearing the reaction and thinking, mm, maybe I pushed a bit too hard. Or has he got his Vincent Man hat on? He's going, I'm going to double down, brother. Uh, and he's like, you know, you're, you're getting MSK whether you like it or not. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like he's all in on MSK. And there's nothing wrong with that because they are ultra-talented guys. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the fans around the CWC, this isn't a one-off thing, are not buying what they're selling. Yeah, I think it goes back to stand and deliver. Like It was great. I thought it was smart. Bring MSK in. I, I'm a big fan of them from their rascals. I wish that I could be a part of the Treehouse back in the Impact Wrestling days. Uh, they were great on the in the, on the independent scene, and I thought it was smart to bring them in in the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Have them win the tournament. I thought they were the best option to win the tournament. I think where this went wrong is at Stand and Deliver when they won the tag team titles. That was the mm. perfect opportunity to get in either a short or even a run up until now of the Grizzle Young Veterans. The Grizzle Young Should Veterans kept getting, you know, close, but no cigar. They lost in the finals of the Dusty Road Tag Team Classic two years in a row. 
and you had a three-way, so you didn't even need to have them beat MSK. You had Legato Del Fantasma right there. You should have had the Grizzle Young Veterans win the titles at Stand and Deliver, and then you could have made the change at In Your House or even this this uh, special show, Great American Bash, and then put it on MSK. I think that giving them so much so soon, I think that's what the CWC crowd is trying to tell you Like they're not happy about. They're just not happy yeah. about them coming in and winning so much. It's like a John Cena, a Roman Reigns type thing in the tag team division. But I don't think that Triple H should listen to the fans that much and try to make them heels because their ring style is not heels. They are baby faces through and through. And we saw that in this matchup. I think that Ciampa and Thatcher were the perfect baby face tag team to go against them because their style is more akin to a heel tag team. And then this really wasn't a traditional type of tag team matchup. It didn't build up to like the hot tag for the baby faces to come in and then run rough shot. We had several hot tags on both sides of the ring. I thought it was nice. It was back and forth. Uh, great action throughout. I thought this was a fantastic opener. And I like the fact that MSK snuck the victory out because it leaves the door open for more rematches and i think the eventual thing here has to be a thatcher champa victory I, that's just how i feel like i understand i think me and you said this at the time the good young veterans should have won i yeah. was predicting that they would win when it was the tag titles showdown there's nothing again there's, no, there's nothing wrong with booking msk strongly in theory because again i, I think they're ultra talented They've delivered in every match that they've been in. But I think that doesn't work in this day and age where you just have them win a lot and that's you telling people these are your guys, particularly your baby faces. doesn't work. No. Right? There needs to be the investment of the character. There needs to be the story. Or you build up a mega heel that way. And I guess the way the story would have been done that would have made sense is, is MSK had to fight to get to where they are because that would have suited their kind of smaller, plucky underdog story that they've yeah. perpetuated but instead they've beaten the good young veterans at every turn and it's like ah where do you go and, and and i know that you've given them new opponents and and interesting ones in that in thatcher and champa but the fact is that they are hitting on all cylinders and they have earned a lot of equity within the company that they've got they've all bought and paid for as opposed to msk who have all been given it's different it's very different it's like what you yeah. said earlier you said johnny gargano has like maybe plateaued or he's going to a very linear stock at the moment. But that's fine because he's earned that place in NXT where he could literally go in anywhere and fit in anywhere. Yeah. If he loses to Joe Gacy next week, right? I don't know, nothing against him. He's just new, right? And then is in the title match the week after, you'll hear precious little complaints because Johnny Gargano no. has been there and done it. The body of work speaks for itself, right? You and understand. Let's talk about reality. He lost to Leon Ruff like three, four months ago. So right. and yeah. no one's complaining about him getting a championship match. No, week, so. no exactly that. And um, I, I, I'm not complaining either because I do think that um, Gargano is somebody who can just turn that switch and you can believe it when it's in the ring. Um, MSK, in the eyes of the fans right now, it's very hard to get invested when you just know they're going to win. That is how we yeah. all felt about Cena for ages. Every feud he got into, he's going to win. Like, you know, whichever way you look at it, right? Even when The Rock beat him, boy, you better believe he'll come back around and win. Like, um, you yeah, know, Bray Wyatt won the first match of their feud. I can't remember what year now. He'll lose the next two, <laughs> right? That's what happened to uh, Kevin Owens. Yep. Came up, 
got the first win. You'll lose the next two, Kev. You'll, you'll win the battle, and that'll be a rub, but you will lose the war. That is what happened with Cena for years, right? And I, I'm a, I love Cena, right? I, I appreciate John Cena, but that booking was boring as shit to me. Yeah, like, it, you know, it's just like, you can telegraph it. The same way, going so off track here, the same way when The Rock came back, he's, gonna, you know, he's facing CM Punk for the WWE title. Well, he's already promised he's going to win the temp, so... Uh, pretty much that's guaranteed it's going to happen. Everybody, you know, the worst kept secret in the business was that it was going to be Rock and Cena at WrestleMania. So as soon as Rock beats CM Punk at Royal Rumble, gee, I wonder who's going to win the Royal Rumble tonight. And of course it was Cena. And it's so (laughs) boring when they telegraph it like that. Um, But anyway, I don't know. I'm sorry. The the rant emoji, you can feel free to use it, everyone. Um, It... Uh, it, stuff like that annoys me. And I just feel like MSK needs some dips and valleys to get back on track because the talent is there. And I, yeah. it, it pains me. Having spoken and interviewed them, and they are legitimately really nice, humble guys, it, you know, it, it's upsetting to me in a, in, a, in a way that they have to kind of take this. And it's something that they ultimately don't really control. No, they are delivering in every way possible in the ring. Like I said, this was a fantastic opener to the show. I, I thought they were great baby faces throughout, but yeah, it just seems like the fans in the CWC are not connecting. I've heard people say they got to get out of uh, of of that of that arena and you know go in front of like live friends outside, and maybe it would be a difference. But right mm-hmm. now, the characters are not connecting very well. Listen, another thing that we saw last night um, was the entrance for the NXT breakout tournament 2021. Now it's very interesting that Alex, can you confirm? Can you please read my comment before? Well, you have to brother. That's not how the show works. My man, you have to pay for these things. Um, You know, if you want your ultra chat read out, that's how it works. Um, The live chat, I open up every now and again, but come on, brother. If I pick it, I pick it. If I don't, I don't. Um, But, I might come back to what you just said because I'm about to talk about the breakouts and so did you. So in the tournament, there's going to be Trey Baxter, who, of course, we saw debut the other week uh, and is well known for his independent exploits. Carmelo Hayes, Andre Chase, Josh Briggs, Ike Mangiro. Ike Mangiro. Yeah. I don't know. How, how I do think, I pronounce I think, that? I think you said it right. I think you said it right. Okay. Joe Gacy, uh, which just sounds like the most MMA name of all time. Odyssey Jones. And Duke Hudson. Um, now, there were, when you looked at the list of them, man, the, the six foot eight guy at the back, I was like, whoa, he's big. Um, but also, I, I've seen him was... live. It, he's definitely six foot eight. Josh Briggs, yeah. I've I seen him live in Evolve, and I've been in the front row for Evolve. So he's walked by me, and I'm just like, my neck is hurting by trying to look up at that man. That man is a tall individual and he's very, very talented. So I'm very happy to see him included. Joe Gacy is a guy I've seen on the East coast. I absolutely love. We've seen Adam Cole raved about Joe Gacy the other day to me. Joe, Joe he, Gacy, he, when, when he, when he picked who his breakouts were going to be, it's Carmelo Hayes, who is also my pick by the way. Yeah. And Joe, Joe Gacy. I really want to root for Joe Gacy because, like I said, he's a he's an independent guy from the East Coast. But I'm sorry. I've never seen this guy before. But the person that impressed me the most in this short little segment, 
Odyssey Jones just I loved him. Towards, I love him. I love me some Odyssey Jones. He was cool. Odyssey Jones versus Carmelo Hayes in the finals. Book it right now. That's what I want. Yeah, me too, man. Um, Duke Hudson as well. I saw Mansoor kind of joking last night online. They were like, that guy's going to do well. That's Brendan Vink, right? Yes. And uh, we've all, we've, I think we've heard before that Vince McMahon has his eye on Vink. He likes him. So, man, there's a lot of talent in this tournament, without a doubt. And look, we didn't even get to recent signings. Like, you know, there's no Parker Bordeaux. There's no... Um, What's Rick Steiner's son called? Bronson Rick Steiner, I believe. Bronson. Bronson Bronson is his name, right? Um, You know, so neither of those guys are in it this year. Maybe it'll be another year of training for them, which is probably smart. They're very, very green. Um, But what I'm saying is there is some talent there in the Performance Centre. If they can translate and do it correctly. Uh, If you had to pick a winner, I know we've just said what our final would be, and I totally concur. Um, I, I would estimate in the eyes of WWE, it might be Duke Hudson, and I do think Carmelo Hayes has a shot. Uh, I want me some Carmelo Hayes versus Odyssey Jones, but if I had to pick one, I would say Carmelo Hayes. He seems like the guy that NXT behind the scenes is very high on, you know, getting that opportunity against Adam Cole a couple of weeks ago. That was a huge opportunity for him. So I could see him winning this entire tournament. I should also mention Andre uh, Chase, is formerly known as Harlem Bravado. Funny story. I know a lot of people saw my daughter Harlem on the WrestleTalk podcast as I did the Harlem Shake for them and had (laughs) her do the Harlem Shake because her name is Harlem. It's not because of I'm from Harlem, why we named her that. My, My wife actually came up with that because we went to a Evolve show before she got pregnant and she saw Harlem Bravado and she was like, Harlem, that's, that would be a nice name for a girl. And that's how we came up with my name for my daughter. There you go. Wrestling <laughs> is the gift that keeps giving. Uh, Anthony Manzano said, Alex, besides Bronson Reed, I really don't think there's anybody on the NXT roster right now that can beat Cross legitimately until they bring in Parker Bordeaux or Bronson Steiner. Um, I mean, you, <laughs> I know what you mean. I'll start by saying that. I know what you mean because Karrion Cross has been booked so dominantly um the Samoa Joe story seems like it's eaten away but if I had to guess he would come in and put over cross so yeah um I I know what you mean I, I was saying this the other day there aren't many big guys in NXT right now right and I know it's not all about size but at the same time who is there really believable that would come in. You know, Karrion Cross is like the biggest guy in NXT now. Now that Priest and Lee and all of those guys have gone, he pretty much is. Um, I personally still think Pete Dunne is the guy. I don't care what anyone says. He's yeah. got all the aggression, the technician. I could believe that he could wear break down Karrion Cross. I could believe that. I don't know if that's my bias speaking and that I just so believe it uh, because of our patriotism. But... At the same time, I really believe that Pete Dunne needs to be a champion before the end of this year. I think he's right there. Um, SB3, who do, who do you think, man? If we're talking about believability, I agree with you. Pete Dunne is is one. And then we just talked about the breakout tournament. The winner of the breakout tournament gets a shot at any title they want. Josh Briggs at 6'8", or Odyssey Jones at 500, 405 pounds. I think they have the believability factor to beat Karrion Cross. Hmm. Let me tell you something as well. Um, Odyssey Jones is a great wrestling name. 
It is. <laughs> it is. It's just, it just works. And then his smile, his smile was just like, I, oh, this guy has the if factor. I, I am into this guy. I want to see him run through whoever he has in the first round. I want to see him in the finals. I don't think he's going to get that far, but at least give him a victory in the first round. Please, NXT, do something with Odyssey Jones. Yeah, man. Uh, very excited to see how that plays out. Uh, elsewhere, we had a title switch on the card, SP3. The women's tag titles are moving again, um, this time to the fairly new team of Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. Candice LeRae's run of not being able to beat Io Shirai continues. Um, they had it for a minute. And it's gone. These titles, man. Um, there are, it's only a couple of steps on the ladder above the twenty-four. Se- no, nah, maybe that's strong. Uh, either way, I, no, I agree. Uh, I totally agree. Really, don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't step back from that one. That's a great take because I said it earlier on on Twitter. This is the most devalued titles outside of the twenty-four-seven title, and I would argue that the twenty-four-seven title is a little bit more valued than this. Uh, I, I just got to read these stats because our good brother Jeremy Lambert of Fightful wrote up a great tweet earlier today. There have been four teams to hold the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. There have been two successful title defenses, both by Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Candice and Indy Hartwell are the longest reigning NXT Women's Tag Team champions at 63 days, and they never successfully defended the title. Five title matches, three title changes, four different reigns, in four months, this is the most needless devalue title that I have ever seen WWE create. 24-7 title, at least they were able to, to cross-promote on ESPN and have a have a have a sportscaster yeah. win it and get some type of promotion like that. There is no reason for the NXT women's tag team titles on a show that I would have gave like a 10 out of 10. This was the biggest gripe that I had with this show. This is a hot potato title that even the finish and this title change didn't even matter. Everybody was talking about Tegan Knox returning more than yeah. the title change for Io Shirai and, and uh, Zoe Stark. It's it's ridiculous. Which is great that Tegan yeah. is back. Of course, yeah. we're delighted about that. But in terms of the title itself, I, I've said this before. I'm not vehemently opposed to title switches. Like, um, mm. it's, that. that's not it. Like, when you had all these established teams at the turn of the millennium, right? Edge Christian, Hardy Boys, APA, Dudley Boys, we know we all know the great era. That's much more palatable because there is a lot of stories and twists going on with them. They are established great teams. At the moment, why did they make <laughs> like why have they made the Ocean Ryan Zoe Stark a team just to take these titles? It's clearly not the long-term goal for them. They're being used as a prop for other things. They're not like they're literally just throwing anything against the wall. And uh, in the infancy of a title, I'll give you an example. Chris Jericho really did establish the AW title for me. He did a really great job of that early doors. Um, and even Cody, I guess, you know, with the, with the TNT, the TNT yeah. uh, you know, even getting Brody involved in that, you know, it was all great. I, I just don't, WWE haven't really had a well thought out plan with this. And they're just kind of trying to come up with, what they perceive to be entertaining surprise stuff. Uh, it's not working. Anyway, LA Knight is victorious again. And my guy, Cameron Grimes, is now his butler. 
kind of cleaner person. Um, it's obviously like the long redemption story, I guess, for Grimes, where he's finally going to get his day in the sun at some point. Uh, what did you make of the action that unfolded here? thought it was a really solid matchup i mean these guys have developed pretty good chemistry with one another i feel like cameron grimes is probably the most underrated performer on the nxt roster and i know these vignettes are going to be fun but you can't you can't wait too long to strike while the iron is hot that's why i like you know to kind of spread in with aew talks that you brought it up you know that's why i've been very adamant about i think all out is the perfect opportunity for hangman page because it's been two years since he got that shot at the aew title you can't wait too long to pull the trigger on him yes and I think we're getting to that point where i feel like cameron grimes is one of the hotter guys on the nxt roster so this is okay for now and I think eventually he is going to win the million dollar title from uh, L.A. Knight, but he needs to go on to bigger and better things when this feud is done. Yeah, which I believe that he will, um, you know, like North American title and maybe even the main one in a carrying crossless world. But because um, like you said, when fans are there, I, I really do think he's going to be one of the hotter acts. Um Let me see. Elliot Fletcher said EO and Zoe have been friends for months. Well, not true. Not um, true at all. Not, he, she not said she's not her friend. She doesn't like her. Yeah. <laughs> he literally said that on TV. And, and this union has lasted maybe a month, if that. Like your three your weeks. use of I think it's been three your, yeah, your use of plural is grossly overstated. Um, and listen, it's it's not so much. You know, I'm not saying that they just threw them together last night. You know, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. They have just kind of out of nowhere said, "Well, we haven't got much going on for EO. Let's find a way." And they've just put it together without any real story. You know, what, why is there, like, an underlying respect now? It's kind of just like, we had some matches, let's be a team. They haven't explored it enough for me to care. Yeah. That's the point I'm making. So, um, yeah, they haven't been friends for months. That's a lie. Anyway, uh, moving forward, uh, we, should we should we talk Cole? Cole and O'Reilly before we get oh, to yeah. the last 10. As usual, there's going to be 10 minutes for our debate. Um <laughs> Colin O'Reilly. So the, the the main thing to think about here is that they had this whole unsanctioned match. This was a wrestling match. That's the key difference, right? Um, akin to, but in a more laid out version, three stages of hell with Triple H and I don't know if it was Michaels or Austin, or maybe it was both. But one of the falls was just a wrestling match, right? It was yeah. like... He was like, you know, you might beat me in this, you might beat me in that, but I'm the game. Was, I won't. think that was Austin in. Uh, I think it was Austin. No, no was way cage. out, 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Street fight, wrestling match, cage. No, it I was think. a wrestling match because Triple H kept saying, "I'm going to beat you in a wrestling match." Yeah. And Austin won. I'm going to break your did, will. Then they did the street fight, and uh, Triple H won that one. And then they did the cage match, and Triple H hit him with a sledgehammer and fell on. That's top. what I said. Uh, you've chronologically done it. Yeah. Okay, I get you. I get you. Um. <laughs> If you had me going there for a second, I was like, man, maybe I'm photographic with this stuff. What's he doing? Anyway, um, the point was there that Triple H was like, I will out wrestle you. That was the whole point of this. Yeah. On that occasion, Triple H actually lost the wrestling match. Adam Cole did what he had to do here. In the interview that I had with him, he said, 
when I beat Carl O'Reilly, I'm done with him. I want to move on to other things. I want the title. There's no way they've split one match each SB3. You know WWE works and wrestling in general. They're not done, are they? No, I think they should wait to have something else involved. This match made me more into a rematch between the two than their unsanctioned match did. I felt like this was better than their unsanctioned match. And, you know, that's not to say anything away. I think the unsanctioned match was great, but it shouldn't have been 45 minutes because it made me not want to see a rematch between them after that. But this one left a little bit, you know, on the bone because – uh, it was great that Cole had the knee the knee injury coming into the match based on uh, O'Reilly putting the submission on him last week. And, but the whole match was really Cole working over the knee of Kyle O'Reilly, and that came back to haunt him at the end when he hit him with the knee off the Panama Sunrise, and he just went right up to the top and hit it again, went for it again, and he hit it this time and then hit the last shot. I like the fact that O'Reilly kicked out of the first last shot. It made O'Reilly yeah. look strong, and it protected him in the loss. And 25 minutes is the perfect amount for these guys. Like, this left enough for you to want to see another match between the two, but I think it should come after Adam Cole possibly defeats Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship, and then we have the NXT title involved, and then maybe we go we go back to the well and have a three stages of hell between Cole and O'Reilly to kind of end the feud. Mm, yeah, could be where we're heading, to be fair. Um, again, it was good. It's just, um, again, it feels like maybe a chapter... And I'm not sure how the story is going to end there or where they go and what they do after that. Presumably, the story should be elevating Kyle O'Reilly since Adam yeah. Cole is Adam Cole is in that space where he could have lost all three and he'd be fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to... It, I, I still... I didn't get this inkling from Cole, but I still think he's not far away from the main roster. I'm, I'm going to stick by it. I still don't think he's long for NXT... Don't know how long he's going to be there, but I do think. Uh, I just feel like Kyler Riley's going to win this feud, and then yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, worth saying before we move on here. Next week, Garganos and uh, Cross with Samoa Joe's a special guest ref, so maybe that physical stuff is coming sooner than we thought. And Hit Row had the hip hop performance uh, right in kind of the second portion of the show. Man, uh, I said this earlier. I thought they all did great, so I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone, but I thought B-Fab, who is Bianca Brandy, I thought she stole it. Um, she opened it up, but she was so smooth with her delivery, man. Um, There's some great lyrics in there as well. Uh, and then Swerve was just totally different, man. He was like all that kind of fast-paced shit. I was like, whoa, okay. Yes. Um, I, I thought it was something that maybe the collective needed, right? Like I know there's probably plenty of wrestling fans out there, I know there's they're not all hip hop fans. I get that, right? And I'll get there's, there's going to be plenty of people that watch this and we're like, what? Uh, I am not one of those guys because I am a rap fan. I like the gimmick. Uh, I thought they did great with it. I thought they were they were they did very well, and I, I totally agree with you. B Fab was the MVP during the cipher. I thought there was audio issues with the cipher because you couldn't hear them a lot of times. And mm. at certain points, they didn't choose the right beat, so they sounded offbeat. I know my good friend Romeo said that on uh, on Twitter, and I do have to agree some of that portion. But I thought Swerve and BFAB were head and shoulders above the rest. I feel like Top Dollar, he tends to repeat himself. And, yeah. you know, I'm from Harlem, and I know Jim Jones 
Jim Jones is a guy that repeats himself Jim Jones. So, so Top Dollar has that feeling to me. And I think Ashanti D. Adonis is perfect as that little hype man, that, that little hype man just getting everybody into the into the party. But this, they needed, I do agree, they needed this. They look like superstars. They look like the best group in NXT after this whole, this whole ensemble that they put together. One little news note that we also should mention before we get into our debate. Uh, WWE also announced today, they sent out a press release that there are on the July 23rd edition of SmackDown on Fox mm. will feature a split site broadcast with multiple matches at the Roading Loud Miami Festival, which is uh, a rap festival. So kind of segue there, you know. Yeah, and, I like it. You're a pro. <laughs> and the remainder of uh, the remainder of the evening is going to be held at the Rocket Mortgage uh, Fieldhouse in Cleveland. So unfortunately, some people that got their tickets already in Cleveland. You're only going to see half of the show there and half of the show on the screen. Sorry. I see uh, Riccicino moaning about that. Um, <laughs> and I can, under- I can understand. Do you know what? The first thing I thought of when I looked at this festival, I was like, is Soldier Boy there? I was like, yeah, is he going to be there? Randy Orton? Is he, you know? I was like, Randy Orton going to come do some business? Um, I don't think he is, though. I looked on the lineup. I didn't see him. Good lineup, though. Yeah. Rick Ross. All kind of guys up there. Um, J-, uh, J. Cole as well. Um yeah, let's quickly finish then. This always happens. Five minutes um, to talk about, because we didn't really get into it last night, right? the women that have come from NXT that either did or did not translate to the main roster. Now, the four horsewomen are like an easy argument yeah. because you don't necessarily have to be, or you're not necessarily going to be what you are when you come up. And it's all about how the main roster takes care of you. And I feel like they, they would have had to go out of their way to miss with these four when you think about it. Uh, Bailey was really over by the time she got up. She was the last to come up. Becky was the one who needed the most work. I always said all along yeah. with Becky. Um, and I I remember on, when I worked at Gimme Sport, I would say this on podcasts before the man. I was like, she's got so much charisma. Like she, she is like good in the ring. I don't think she, I'm not saying she's like the greatest, but I was like she can bring a lot more to the table than she currently was. The year before she became the man, and I think it's part of the charm of when she did become the man. She was so kind of like just part of the furniture, just moving yeah. along. She was Charlotte's friend for half of it. Like I don't think WWE actually knew what they were stepping into when they did try and flip her, right? And then when they did and they heard the reactions, like, oh, because um, there are a lot of people that Becky Lynch is super easy to love. And if you know her in real life, and I only do very small from the three or four interviews I've had with her, but she is literally one of the kindest, most lovely people you'll ever meet in your whole entire life. And that translates. And then when you get the man gimmick where she's just super cool and tearing people to shreds on Twitter and like, you know, we're, we're not talking like PG ways. She was killing people on Twitter. Yeah. Um, she grew into something that nobody could have seen. So I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to go, oh, WWE didn't know what to do with Becky Lynch. And yeah, I do think they kind of lucked in, but you know, Um, the boss character is maybe the best one, the best representation of translating from NXT, what it was. And it was very successful. It still is successful in WWE today. There maybe isn't a better example of a longevity of a character from NXT to the main roster than Sasha Banks, the boss. There really isn't when you think about it. And uh, obviously the boss grows and it kind of goes through different iterations, but it still is the hallmark of who she is. Same way that Charlotte Flair's the queen. She wasn't always the queen in NXT or anything, but 
she's kind of grown into that as well and has been on the main roster that way for a long time. So I think for the four horsewomen, you have to say that there's a mixed bag, right? Like Sasha Banks has shown that the gimmick kind of had staying power and they got it right. And, you know, they're all multiple time champions now. But how much of that is the gimmicks versus the talent? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, to, to double down on what you said about Becky, I think she was hurt the most by getting called up with Sasha and Charlotte. I think if yeah. she would have stayed the course and waited maybe a couple of months before getting called up to the main roster, I think she would have been in a better position immediately from the from NXT to the main roster. Because when you think about it, her breakout performance, her star-making performance at TakeOver Unstoppable is like her last TakeOver match before she gets yeah. called up. So it's like you didn't really get to capitalize on when her character finally got momentum behind her. That TakeOver was the first time they even debuted her signature song that she still used to this day. Oh. So, yeah, so it's like, it's like they had a lot of meat left on the bone with her in NXT, and they just called her up to kind of do the the oh this is a woman's revolution we're bringing up two late three ladies from nxt here you go where they kind of had a set plan for charlotte and they knew that from charlotte they were going to go to sasha and sasha and charlotte were going to be that that staple feud to you know elevate the woman's revolution yeah. i think becky finally you know got something when they separated her from the two ladies put her on smackdown but then to bring up another couple of ladies that kind of you know, were at a certain place in NXT and then elevated themselves, you got to bring up Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss was yeah. at that certain level. She kind of developed the character with the heel role, uh, being the second for Buddy Murphy and uh, Wesley Blake. And, yeah. you know, she wasn't really used that much as a singles competitor. She was kind of with them. And then when she gets called up, it's like skies was the limit. Once she did the cosplay of Harley Quinn at Backlash 2016, yeah. WWE was like, think we got something there and becky's run kind of got cut short because they knew they had something kind of authentic and kind of like organic with i mean like, i mean you say cut you say cut short not to not to jump in i know we've only got a couple of minutes but um that feud was great for both of them in my it, opinion I, I would say i would say it's but be, it was better for alexa bliss i feel it like was but it was becky's feud, first good one for me on the, yeah. on the main roster yeah i would say that that was the her first broken like, arm and shit it was yeah, great i thought yeah. it was her first good feud but i feel like they didn't know how to follow up with her after the feud whereas yeah. alexa bliss they had more to do with her and when i think about alexa bliss and, exactly when i think about alexa bliss and the level she was at and how she elevated herself the other one that i think of is carmella Carmella was another one that was a second to an act with Enzo and Cass, and then they bring her up to the main roster. And although it did take a minute to kind of develop her, once she wins Money in the Bank, she has that whole alliance with J James Ellsworth. For better or worse, she became a star. Like it was immediate yeah. that they they saw something in her. She cashes in Money in the Bank, has that long run with the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't think anyone who watched Carmella in NXT and saw that she was a great baby face would think that she would be such a good heel on the main roster. So I think that those two ladies are like the two that I would say ex exceeded their expectations from where they were in NXT to where they got to on the main roster. Yeah. So I guess you have to credit the main roster for those. Yeah. You have to say they did a good job. Yeah. And that's the thing with, um, you know, Carmella was one of them. Like when she was champion, I remember seeing so much of, Oh my God, like she can't wrestle and all of this stuff. 
And by the end of her reign, she had improved like tremendously. She plays a very good role. If you ever go back and watch the triple threat at SummerSlam where Becky breaks out and turns heel, Carmella plays her part. Trust me, she, she does, does a good job. Um, you know, there, there's other examples. Maybe this is going to be like a three or four week thing. Um, I, you know, again, like if we're talking like a direct take from a gimmick, Lacey Evans is maybe the most recent example. She is essentially what she was in NXT on the yeah. main roster. Um, again, for better or worse, because um, I feel like in the ring she can go. And I like lo- one of them. This is going to sound crazy, but one of the most enjoyable TV matches of 2020 to me was um, Sonya Deville and Lacey Evans. They beat the shit out of each other on SmackDown. I remember that, go, yeah. go back and watch it if you can. It's so much more better than it sounds on paper. It was like stiff, snug. Both of them obviously are like, that's their styles, right? Like military background for Lacey, Sonya MMA. I was just like, wow, these two have good chemistry. But Sonya was gone not long after. So it's a shame we didn't get to follow up on it. Um Seriously, I'll, I'll, it's a hill I'll die on. It was good. Um, and, and Sonia is another one, right? You look at her and, and Mandy coming from their humble beginnings, as it were, in NXT to, to main roster. Man, like sometimes if WWE take, it seems the common theme here is if they take like a mold of clay, they can do what they want with it. If you're giving them something that's kind of ready made, they're yeah, like, um. Yeah, they didn't know what to do with that. They they just don't know sometimes. They just like, um, okay, we're gonna do this and we're gonna elevate Charlotte Flair by her beating the streak. That's what we're gonna yeah. do. Yeah, got uh, it. Got it. We did it, we did it, guys. Right, we all need to go because England are coming on. Um, I, I will say on that tonight, Dynamite Andrade makes his debut, which I'm very much looking forward to breaking down with Steph Chase tomorrow at 8 p.m. Our regular time of 8 p.m. Andy Shepard, NXT UK commentator, will be here on Friday to discuss all things WWE and maybe even some Common and McGregor talk. Until then, let's go watch England. Come on, the boys, the free lions. Let's go, everyone. Thank you for watching. We'll check you out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.